Hello, everyone. Welcome to week two of Sixers Weekly. In Philadelphia news, the Philadelphia Phillies are heading to the World Series for the first time in 13 years since 2009. And man, oh man, I'm excited. The whole Philadelphia, the whole city of Philadelphia is excited. I know. Hopefully, Raji's excited. We all know he's a huge baseball fan. Um, so the whole city, everyone, we're just super hyped. But then you got the Philadelphia 76ers. Um, got off to a horrible 0-3 start and kind of just, you know, on the back of the, you know, just back of the food chain on this whole Philadelphia sports roller coaster. No one, honestly, I just don't think people are really caring because of the hype around Philadelphia, but we're going to get into the nitty gritty of it. And I'm going to pass it over to my co-host, Raji, who's going to get us started with it today. Raji, what's up? Yeah, they got me watching baseball, bro. <laughs> um, go Phillies. Uh, we'll, we'll get there in a second. Uh, as for the Sixers, yeah, they've been, uh, they've been the Debbie Downers. Uh, but I do think that the cherry on top of this Philadelphia roller coaster if it were to happen, would be the firing of Doc Rivers would just be the good news in between all the great news. Um, But anyway, let's get to the actual nitty gritty of it. Uh, This week, Sixers are 0-3, officially the worst team in the league. By record, of course. Uh, Last week, we had a game against the Celtics, primetime, game one of the season, lost. Uh, We came back home, the home opener, we had Giannis here. We all wanted to see us play a good game and beat them. Uh, again, lost. Uh, that one was a little bit closer, though. And then, of course, we had the easy one. Uh, the one that we all predicted would be, you know, our, kind of our, our comeback and, and the time where we kind of get our feet, our feet back together uh, after two really, really tough openers. Uh, then we lose to the Spurs. So it's been ugly. Um, yeah, let's talk about it, man. Uh, game one, Harden, 35, 8, and 7, played like a beast. Game two, 31, 8, and 9. Um, you know, we're seeing MVP Harden, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, now in games one and two, Embiid was minus 13 in game one, just played terribly. Uh, game two is one of the worst games that I've seen uh, in Embiid's entire career, uh, just his demeanor, his body language. Uh, I mean, he had 15 and 12 and shot six for 21 from the field. Um, so it's, it's kind of a, a, a tale of two cities here, uh, between Embiid and Harden. Yes. And then obviously the, the Spurs game and beat did come back 40 points, 13 rebounds. And then Harden shot four for 18, um, 12, nine and 12. So not a terrible game, but that's the summary of the games this week. Um, what are you thinking? I mean, what's going on? I mean, isn't it obvious, Raji? Isn't it clearly the obvious answer that every Sixers fan is saying and has been saying, and we have been saying, that it fire Doc Rivers? I just, I don't know what excuse you could give this man anymore. Uh, to start off, let's start off with the rotations that Doc Rivers does. And it's just, that's where, for me, it's the most frustrating thing to watch. And I know we're going to talk about it more on later in the show, but for example, you got PJ Tucker, and you mentioned this early to me, Roger, when me and you were talking about this game. PJ Tucker had almost 40 minutes against that Bucks team. Are you kidding me? I look, I, I I get it. PJ Tucker is a starter. He's a solid role player for us, a solid starter for us. But that man should not be playing 40 minutes in a regular season game unless we're going to OT or double OT. 
Um, and then we have our bench rotations, which make absolutely no sense. Why is Daniel House receiving the most minutes off the bench in these games? And he's not even giving us anything offensively or defensively. That is even the funnier part of all of it. And then to continue with that, guys like uh, Paul Reed and Matisse Thibel, who have been guys that have been here for a while now with Philadelphia, still don't even get their chance to prove themselves. This is a new season. You don't think they were working hard in the offseason. You're not even giving them an opportunity to showcase their skills. This is the time you do it in the regular season, especially games against the Spurs, Indiana, even the first half against the Bucks, there was times where I'm like, you know what? If they bring in Matisse in here, we'll find ways to play well defensively. And going back to Harden, Harden, first two games playing outstanding, playing the way that we want him to play. And that's the way he should be playing, taking over. Um, I That game against the Bucks, that final possession with Harden, um, I did. I very much disliked. I don't know if that was drawn up by Doc Rivers or it was just in Harden's mentality to go and try to draw a foul. I really disliked that. And going with Embiid, look, Embiid will be fine. Everyone calm down. He will be fine. Yes, it is frustrating those first two games. He looks completely unconditioned. He looks out of shape. But I'm not, I'm not worried. I'm not worried. I, look, he went out in the Spurs and after playing horrendous against the Bucs and dropped 40 points. His defense wasn't there, but he was still playing tough and got us 40 points. So I'm not worried about Embiid, and I'm not worried about Harden. But I'm worried about that head coach in Philadelphia, and that is the name of Doc Rivers, and he has to go. Yeah, um, I I don't like Embiid shooting uh, or catching the ball up at the elbow. Um, I'm going to say what you just said. I don't know if that's coaching or if that's Embiid trying to do it, but um, he needs to play like a big man. Um, I'm going to get to Doc Rivers in a second, but first I I do want to talk about Embiid because he's not playing like a big man, firstly. Uh, Secondly, we're giving you this team, right? You're you're the golden boy. you were the golden boy of all Philadelphia sports until Bryce Harper hit that shot last night, to be honest. Um, you can't have your shoulders down and look like you don't want to be there in the fourth quarter of a close game against the Bucks. You can't do that. I don't care how badly you're playing. I don't care how badly the team's playing, how frustrated you are. You got to keep your head up for everybody else. Uh, so that's the second thing. I, I really don't like his demeanor. Third, um, I, I do agree with you that he'll be okay. Uh, he's very, very out of shape and it's showing. Uh, he's exhausted out there. And so um, I, I think that just needs to get sorted out. Now, let me make my case for Doc Rivers real quick. James Harden, the first two points, scored 35 points and 31 points. Embiid had a terrible game. In the third game, Embiid puts up 40 and 13. James Harden has a terrible game. Okay. I'm not seeing a two-man game with Embiid and Harden because a two-man game is how you both have a good game, right? You run the pick and roll. If Embiid rolls and gets open, then you pass him the ball and he gets points. If Embiid does not get open, then you keep the ball and take the shot and make those points, right? That's the whole point of a two-man game with two strong, with a strong guard and big, okay? Not happening. Either Embiid is getting the ball at the elbow and playing in isolation or James Harden's calling everyone off at 30 feet and getting an isolation play. Harris isn't touching the ball. Maxie's not touching the ball. Uh, 
PJ is not supposed to touch the ball. So that's fine. But whoever else is going in there is also not touching the ball. So you just have these guys basically just running isolation plays. Um, and we're not the Boston Celtics, right? We don't have two perimeter guys who play ISO. Next point. Daniel House Jr. is averaging 19 minutes a game. Eight, sorry, 18 minutes a game and averaging 2.3 points. Matisse Thibault is averaging one minute per game. Paul Reed is averaging five minutes per game. Damari Carroll is averaging seven minutes per game. PJ Tucker can barely stand on his damn legs anymore. Like it's literally just looking at the facts of what is going on on the court without even watching the games. You can see that this man is not a good coach. Now, when you watch the games, it becomes much, 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 much more clear. Um, But there's nothing I can really explain to you there. I hope you guys do watch the games uh, when the Phillies are not on, I guess. Yeah. Um, Either way. um, Yes. Do you see us fixing this? How, How do we go about doing that? The only way to fix this is firing this asshole at this <laughs> point. There is no other way. Like, there is – look, Doc Rivers right, – right, right. let, let me change my question. Let me change my question. <laughs> In the long run here, um, if Doc Rivers does get fired or does not, whatever happens, is this 0-3 terrible humiliation of a start um, a good or a bad thing for the team, do you think? Um, it's obviously not a good thing. It's a bad, I would say it's a bad thing, but it's not something that you want to overreact on. If let's say doc rivers were fired because we have the squad to make it happen. Like you said, with Embiid and Harden, this is, should be a two man game where they're going out and both giving you 30 every single night, both of them, not one game where Embiid scoring 40 and Harden scoring 12 or the other way around Embiid scores 15 and Harden scoring 36. It shouldn't be like that. It should be a two man game. And that's the way that they should be coached. So whether that's with Doc Rivers, hopefully it's not, or an interim head coach that comes in later on, this has to be a two man game between James Harden and Joel Embiid. That is a way to fix it. And second of all, Get Embiid down low. Someone coach him up and get in his head so he could stop taking those top-of-the-key threes or just starting there on an offensive possession because it's very frustrating to watch. Lately, he's been doing it way too much. I don't know. That's got to be something they need to address in between every game is Mm -hmm. how to get Embiid that ball down low. And the fact that he's not, I mean, it's, it's like Doc Rivers is kind of becoming the scapegoat in a way, but I, it is... Doc Rivers. I mean, at this point, like, who else do you blame it on? It's all coaching. It's it's just someone has to yell at him and be like, hey, look, get down low. Literally, he could body any. I, there is not one defender in this league that I could confidently say could stop Joel Embiid down low. There's not one. Not a chance. Confidently stop ever. him down low. There's not one. So yep. get your ass down low and post up. That is what you are good at. That's what you're best at. Yes, you are a good shooter. You are above average outside shooter. I will give you that. But I hate when you're starting possessions at the top of the key. I was going nuts watching that Bucks game because I felt like he was Steph Curry just standing at the three-point line the whole time. Yeah, I mean, to be fair, uh, some of them you can tell are indeed. Uh, you can see him starting down low and then pushing himself further out um, or letting the defense push him out. 
Um, but what drives me crazy is when I see a play like a set being run by the team and you see Embiid come out to the, you know, to the perimeter, to the elbow to catch the ball. Um, that's what drives me crazy because if nothing else, you definitely shouldn't be running plays for Embiid to do that. Um, but I do personally, I disagree with you. I think this will be a good thing in the long run. Um, I hope that this is what gets Doc Rivers fired. And as a Sixers fan, I should never say this, but I don't care how many games we lose until that happens um, mm-hmm. or how many games it takes until that happens. Um, but I think either way, either Doc gets fired from this, which is a good result, or it whips us into shape uh, early in the season, which is a good result instead of us having this slump uh, post all-star game when, when we're fighting for seating and stuff like that. Um, so this week we have five games, uh, Indiana tonight, Miles Turner's out. So we should see Embiid have a good game. Uh, then we play Toronto twice, Wednesday and Friday in Toronto. Um, in Toronto. Then we play in Chicago on Saturday in Washington on Sunday. So all away games, four games straight, uh, two against Toronto and then back to back Chicago and Washington. Um, I think good news is none of these teams are really that good. Um, bad news is Embiid doesn't play well in Toronto and B doesn't play well on back-to-backs um, five games this week. And no one in Philly is going to watch any of the three on the tail end because they're all during Philly's games. Yeah, no, um, that is a tough, uh, to be honest. Yeah. They're not that good teams, but that's a tough schedule. Like yeah. you said, we suck in Toronto. Yes, we did beat them last series and we did have that Embiid game winner in Toronto, but we struggle in Toronto. It feels like Nick Nurse always has our number. Um, so I really, I mean, we probably split one. I'd say we win one in Toronto, um, lose the other. Indy should be a guaranteed win. I mean, I said that with San Antonio, but who knows at this point, um, you know. Then Chicago, Chicago's solid. A um, little bit overrated t- squad, but they're solid. Um, and they're both away games. And I, at Washington, I feel like the past few years, we have struggled playing in Washington. So we'll see. I can't even predict. Probably going to go in that four-game away stretch, one and three, two and two. No way I see us going four and no. <laughs> no way. Yeah, I think I think we go three and two. Um, I, I, I don't see us, like, I don't see us losing to Indy, especially without Miles Turner, no matter how bad we play. Uh, Washington is exceptionally bad this year. So I don't see us losing to them no matter how bad we play. And then um, in those Toronto and Chicago games, I think we sneak one out. Um, like you said, maybe split in Toronto. So I'm going to go three and two this week. Um, not great, not bad. Uh, so sorry about all the depression on this episode. Um, yes, yeah, so let's do something we've never done before on a Sixers weekly. Um, we, we only have a few minutes here, but let's talk about the Phillies. Um, I'm not a big, I'm not a big baseball fan. So, um, you know, I, I was saying this last episode, I was watching the basketball games during most of the NLCS. Um, when I saw that it was really getting serious, I watched the past two or three games. Um, I tragically, tragically missed that Bryce Harper home run. I left the room for two seconds, missed it. But, um, anyway, the Astros look good based on the game I watched last night. Um, very resilient. The Yankees played a hell of a game. Astros wouldn't leave and, and ended up coming back and sneaking it out. Um, what do you think happens here? Man, first of all, I just want to give shout out to 
if not the golden boy in Philadelphia, and that is the name Bryce Harper. He has probably solidified him himself as being the athlete of Philadelphia. And I'm sorry, Joel Embiid, you had that title. But right now, right now, Bryce Harper currently has that title of the face of Philadelphia because last night's home run, or whenever you're watching this episode, his game five home run in the NLCS, when they're down and they needed their man to step up and win them a game to send them to the world series. Bryce Harper was that man. And he, he did it. And it was just, it was a surreal moment. Like I can't, that home run, I've watched it over a hundred times today because it was such a moment where you're just, it doesn't feel real. How many times do we see these legendary players and they're always put in that pressure in that moment and they don't make the play when everyone expects them to make the play. And Bryce Harper went out there and hit that home run. And I tell you, I lost my voice yelling from that. It he was, was clutch not, all series. It, it, he was. It was all postseason. He's been clutch. Um, batting close to 500, has five home runs in the whole postseason. Um, he is just on fire. And he is, if not the primary reason, we're in the World Series right now. Um that home run, that whole game, that was just such a legendary moment for the city. You know, that was the best part is he embodies that Philadelphia mentality. He loves this city. You could just tell it the way he speaks, the way he acts, the way he plays. That's how a guy from Philadelphia, should, a guy that plays in Philadelphia should always play. So I hope future athletes that come into Philadelphia, they look like they look at athletes like Bryce Harper and they take notes. Going in against the Houston Astros, it's going to be a tough matchup. You know, the best number one seed in the American League um, got such a, like, you know, the best team probably in baseball, you could say, with Houston, which I'm happy that we're playing the best team. I want us to beat the best team in baseball. Like, it's giving 2017 vibe of the Philadelphia Eagles being that underdog mentality and going out there and beating the best team in the Patriots, the dynasty in the Patriots. Um the Astros, you know, got studs like Altuve, Justin Verlander, Alvarez. Um, it's it's going to be a tough series. It's going to be the Phillies' toughest series, obviously, out of all the playoff matchups they've had. Um, so this is one where you go to Houston for game one and two, you got to steal a game. You have to, or we're not winning the series. We need to absolutely steal one in Houston, whether that's game one or two or both. You know, you never know. But we have to absolutely steal one game there, or it might not look pretty the rest of the series. Um, we're going to need guys like Reese Hoskins, who redeemed himself. I don't know if, Roger, you're big on Philadelphia sports media. I know you haven't been following the Phillies a lot, but you've definitely been hearing how Reese Hoskins was being thrown under the rug, you know, after his, you know, subpar, subpar play in the first series against the wild card matchup against the Cardinals. But this man has really blown up ever since. Um, and it's just, that's how you redeem yourself. Philadelphia sports fans are tough, right? This goes for all sports. We are hard on our athletes. We drove Ben Simmons out of town. We drove Carson Wentz out of town because those are players that couldn't take it. We give out that stress and criticism because we want them to succeed to their fullest. And Reese Hoskins could have easily taken all those boos and all that attention from the media and criticism and just bottled it all up and just choked and folded under pressure. But no, he cherished it. He's never spoke out against it. He cherished it, went out and 
proved this all wrong, as he's always done. And if it weren't for Harper's amazing home run last night, Reese Hoskins might have been the NLCS MVP. Um, he had four home runs in that series, two home runs in game four. So he is a primary reason why we won that series. Same with the rest of our lineup, our starting lineup with Schwarber and JT and um, Zach Wheeler pitching, dealing on the mound. Noah didn't have a great series, but he's been dealing all postseason. My thing, my main point here is these are all big name players on the Phillies and they came to play because that's what you do when it's time. And when postseason comes around and this goes for every single sport, your star athletes has to come out and play hard for you. And that is why the Philadelphia Phillies are in the world series right now. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's really what it is. Cause we saw, I think you sent it to me yesterday. Um, the, the power rankings when the playoffs started in the MLB, uh, we were last, we were dead last. Uh, no one expected the Phillies to be here. And the only reason they are is because you can just tell watching every game, these guys want to win. They want to bring the chip back to Philadelphia, not just for themselves, for the fans, for everyone. Um, these guys just really want to win this series and you can see it in the way they play. And that's all we ask of Philadelphia teams. Um, and, you know, I'm, I'm a great example of that is that like when you do well, everyone's with you. I don't even watch baseball. I don't know any of these guys. The only reason I know them is because I like going to the actual game and I see them like when I go to ball games, you know what I mean? But in general, I don't watch baseball, but when this comes down, I'm rocking with the Phillies. I'm watching every game. You know what I mean? I'm, I'm supporting in every way I can. And that's the type of city Philadelphia is. And, and that's what these players play for. And you could see it in the way that they play. Um, I'm, I'm proud of this team. I'm, I'm very happy for genuine Philly Phillies fans that have been watching them and, and have watched this team struggle like hell for the past few years until they got here. Um, and yeah, go Phillies, man. That's, that's the one thing we have going on in this city right now. Uh, well, not the one thing, but yeah, uh, that's the thing that's, that's keeping us sane. Uh, through the bye week for the Eagles and the and the way the Sixers. It's kind of crazy because it's like, it's like the sports gods are just gifting us with these times and um, days of when each team plays. Now, for example, we play the upcoming World Series schedule. Game one and two are Friday, Saturday. Game three and four will be and five will be Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. And then there's that break Sunday and Thursday, which are the two days that the Eagles play. So the two games that the Eagles play on days that the Eagles play on are literally days that the Phillies are not playing. So it's like literally just straight. Like we're getting Phillies, Phillies, Eagles, Phillies, Phillies. We're going to be enjoying every it, next week is going to be one of the, maybe the, it could have the potential to be the greatest week in Philadelphia sports history. If you know, so if not one of the greatest, um, so now let's get to predictions. Look, Raji, I'm going with my Phillies. Obviously I'm confident in this team, the momentum they're playing with. I don't care. We're playing the best team in the AL. Um, Houston Astros were literally cheaters in 2017 and still had their, they still have their championship. Um, they haven't won since, and I don't think they will win again. Um, and I'm going Phillies in five. I say, I say we still won in Houston, and then we win it out in Philly exactly the way the NLCS went because there is no way on planet Earth I see us losing in Citizens Bank Park with that crowd and our city behind their back. Phillies in five is a crazy prediction considering how good the Astros I'm are. I'm confident. 
Um, I hate, I hate cheating in sports. Uh, I think that the Astros definitely should have had their chip taken away. I hate the Houston Astros. Uh, I'm going to be cheering for the Phillies. Um, I don't know enough about baseball to even make a prediction. That would be disrespectful to everybody listening. Um, so I'm just going to wrap it up. Go Phillies, baby. Yeah. Go Phillies, baby. Um, you know, go Sixers. Obviously, we're disappointed, but we can't wait for the day where the I think the episode where Doc Rivers gets fired might be the most upbeat episode you'll ever hear from Raji and I. I think that will literally have music in the background. You might hear some hear us dancing in the background. We it's might really, be drunk. We might, yeah, like we might be taking shots just for celebratory shots. Might get our whole um, fantasy basketball crew in here celebrating with us. But everyone, go enjoy the Phillies games. Go enjoy the Eagles games. Enjoy the Sixers games. Um, signing off. We'll see you guys next week.